Uncaged. Uncaged. A show celebrating thought leadership from today's top business leaders. The program provides a voice to amazing executives from around the globe who are shaping the world of business today and mapping the path to the world of commerce tomorrow. And now, please welcome our host, Bant Breen, as we begin another Uncaged episode. Today we have Stacy Statterman on the show. Hey, Stacy. How you doing? I'm great. I'm great. And uh, we're going to be talking about uh, Stacy's business, uh, Stacy Statterman Coaching. Um, and we will go through, I think, really kind of like uh, some really inter- interesting inflection points that are happening happening today with uh, Generation X and some of the challenges that they face as well as really kind of a focus on my beloved career. I know uh, many, many of you know that I worked in the advertising and marketing industry for the majority of my career, as did Stacy. And so we'll be talking about the unique challenges that advertising and marketing professionals are facing as well in terms of their needs for, for coaching. But before we do that, let's, let's go into your background a little bit. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Stacy, and your career today. So I'm currently a leadership and career growth strategist, and I primarily work with people from advertising, media, entertainment, and journalism. And the reason that I came to this, uh, this business, which I've been in about seven years, is because I love media and advertising and communication people in general. And my background and my first career was in media and advertising. So I worked for more than 20 years for some of the best in the business, helping Strategic, strategic partnerships come together, working on industries of all kinds from tourism, travel, luxury, automotive, uh, working for companies uh, such as American Express and Time Inc and Fast Company. And I had a great time for many, many years, loved bringing those uh, relationships together and, and leading sales and marketing teams. And you know, then one day I sort of recognized that I was spending a little more time wishing I was doing something else, although I wasn't quite sure what that would be. Uh, and so I started to work with a coach myself and uh, sort of followed this pathway of exploring several, several tracks that I could move into. Um, I was highly influenced and remain very influenced by Rashad Tabakawala. And he uh, spoke at a, my last national sales meeting that I mm-hmm. probably will ever attend as a, as a sales and marketing leader. But he said in the presentation to our group, the future doesn't fit in the containers of the past. And honestly, that hit me like a two by four. And I'm like, I have got to get my act together and figure out what my next path is. And so uh, in a nutshell, that's what's landed me in the space of career growth work and leadership development work uh, for the industries that I still love. That's great. And, um, I, you know, I can tell you that Rashad, I think, probably has had that effect on so many people. I would have to say I'd have to include myself in that category, Stacey. I, I had the joy of, of working for Rashad earlier in my career. And, um, uh, you know, I, I would say that it was it. it, it, it those types of statements were a daily occurrence with Rashad. Yeah, <laughs> so lots of, lots of wisdom that he, he offered, yeah. all, has always offered all of us. Um, so, so tell me, I, I think it's fascinating, this area of, of leadership coaching. And, and certainly over the last, I'd say, decade, we've seen uh, an expansion of this field in every area. 
But I, I'd love to kind of understand more about how this plays into the world of media and marketing and how those types of companies are embracing it and some of the challenges that they face. Yeah, that's a great question. It's interesting because, of course, coaching for many years and you know, certainly probably the first half or more of both of our careers was what you got when you were in trouble. You know, when things were not going well, you might get assigned a coach, which was basically a cursory uh, attempt to rehab you, which never really resulted in rehab. It always resulted in firing. And I, you know, I put people on that, that track myself, uh, back <laughs> in my time. Uh, and, and it, honestly, it's a coward's approach to coaching, but I think one of the reasons that coaching has become, uh, a more important contributor to success, both in companies and just for individuals is because, you know, everything from loneliness at the top, you know, the higher you get in your organization, the fewer people that you can speak honestly with, there, people will tell you less. I had this personally as an experience where my own team at American Express said, oh, we don't tell you anything anymore. I'm like, what? <laughs> Everybody always told me everything. What happened? And, right. you know, the dynamics change. But the other thing uh, that I think has gone on in these very disrupted industries, advertising, media, entertainment for certain, is that you know the the game has changed, and sometimes the game is going in a direction where the you know previous rock stars are just not really the right people to be in place in the future. And and, right. and it's not to say everybody's out, uh, but people have to adjust and adapt. And being uh, in a practice of adjusting and adapting to new environments uh, can be an unsettling thing. And so coaching and having an impartial partner either sponsored by your company or, or even uh, in my case, I actually get a lot of people who are in company and are afraid to talk about their worries and fears and the fact that they need help because it's still, you know, it has a little bit of a stigma. But mm -hmm. I think this is um, in part why we're seeing an expansion, you know, on top of uh, the influence that we're seeing from so many people moving around. I mean, in my, you know, my experience, you know, I, I worked for a few managers for a long time but I had a lot of managers over short periods of time too. So the opportunity to establish mentor relationships or, or longer term relationships with people of more seasoned or senior in, in a field, it's not as easy to come by anymore. So I think those are some of the major things contributing to why coaching now. Yeah, I definitely want to come back to that in a second, the idea of mentorship, because I, I, I think that that's actually quite quite true and it's changing dramatically right now certainly and, and it maybe its importance is, is expanding during covid um but before we do that I, I'd, I'd love to tweeze through a little bit more about the challenges that these marketing and communications professionals are are experiencing now you know what, what is it uh, certainly there's always the challenges of just moving up and some of the things that i think that you talked about the time that timeless switch from being part of the team to suddenly uh, you find yourself that you're not friends with them anymore, right? You're, yeah, you're, yeah. And uh, in fact, actually, I, I sometimes find that with, uh, uh, you know, my, my own teams, you know, having, having to try to try to, to calm down leaders and say like, listen, it's not about them loving you anymore. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you, you know, part, part of the job is that sometimes you have to make hard decisions. It's nor it, that's normal. Um, but tell us more about the challenges that they're facing that 
that are probably timeless, but also the ones that I would say are very unique for the moment we are living through right now. Yeah, so there's a, a million things going all over the place with uh, with regard to how we're adjusting as a society. So, you know, full stop, everybody you know has been going through a traumatic episode. And that sounds like very powerful language. It is powerful language because this is a very powerful thing that we've gone through. And one of the things that I've noticed in the, the leaders that I've been working with through the pandemic, maybe especially those who are in these high stakes, uh, we never have anything that puts us off our game kind of people. Uh, this has put everybody off their game and that is yeah. new territory. Uh, the other thing is you have people who are leading organizations of people who are too young to have lived through things like 9-11 or the big financial collapse of 2008. So the reference points that the younger generation have, they don't have them. And yet you have leaders who are like, why is everybody freaking out? Uh, this is, you know, we're going to be fine. Uh, so I think there's a little bit of uh, disconnection that people at the top are in some cases feeling because they, they believe they're supposed to be unflappable. They believe they're supposed to be calm under pressure. And the fact is the magnitude of what we've been going through with the pandemic, nobody has ever seen this in, in anybody's lifetime and anybody working at any company. So that's certainly uh, is a factor. And that, that, look, that's on top of, you know, dramatic shifts in ad agency life and what that means and, you know, conglomerates with consultancies and all the impacts that we've seen over the last 10 years about what just agency life and media who work with those agencies, all of those things have been really um, moving in millions of directions for a long time, even before the pandemic got started. So I think the the, the idea of a career path that I could jump into at 25 and just follow it all the way to the end until the last maybe third of my career, I can relax into things or get those rewards or whatever. I mean, you know, honestly, and I've talked a bit about this. We talked a bit about this at the, in the pre-discussion we had. You know, there's a certain, um, particularly for the Gen Xers, you know, like, hey, man, <laughs> what happened? This was supposed to be a little easier at this point. And in fact, it's it's more confusing than ever. Uh, and, you know, some have adapted, uh, you know, more more smoothly. And and yet there's plenty of people that I see that that almost um, it's almost like they're standing in front of open jail cells, uh, not sure how to walk out and not sure how to embrace what is so valuable about what they know how to do. You know, one of the best things I, I find it interesting because I, you know, that book uh, by Douglas Copeland that kind of coined that phrase or the, that, that generation of the, the, the Xers, the Gen Xers. Really, it, it, it was a great book. It actually, I remember reading it. It definitely uh, had an impact on my life. But um, uh, it's, I would say that I feel like our generations kind of split somehow, you know, in that regard. You know, half of, half of the folks are kind of... In, desperate to have exactly what their predecessors had. And then I would say the other half have really kind of been really the, I would say almost like the creators of this, this digital world that we live in, you know, I mean, uh, and, and so it, it's, I'd be curious to kind of hear how you see that divide playing out. Yeah, I mean, for sure, there's a, there's a divide, but I think they're, the universal experience, you know, Gen Xers have is, you know, essentially what we used to call the midlife crisis. It's just taking different form and it has different factors to it. 
But I think most uh, most people who you know get to a point where maybe they they have a more complicated life, they have kids and a house and other stuff that they want to have uh, space for. Certain industry areas are not terrifically good at making space for those things, and I think that's a real uh, shocking note. No, somehow it's shocking to, to many people. Is you mean the company doesn't really care if I get to the softball games and whatever? And it's like no, they really don't. But you, it's our responsibility uh, to to sort of make space for it. And frankly, I think Gen X is learning a lot from how the millennials, especially the younger millennials, are navigating because they will not put up with the things that Gen Xers. I mean, I have friends who said like their first or second job, you know, and, and now they're, you know, in their late forties or fifties. Part of my job used to be to go get drugs for my boss in the Upper West Side. I mean, that would never happen today. And honestly, I think only Gen Xers would do that. Yeah, no, never it's, have done it's, that. It's, it's very true. I think that there is that conversation that occurs between um, uh, the, I'd say Gen X and probably younger millennials yeah. and uh, where, um, you know, the younger millennials really are uh, desperate for it to be a situation where they're not, you know, they're not, um, not, not impacted. Right. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, my hope for whatever age of anyone who's in sort of the creative space or communication space is that uh, they recognize how valuable their experience being disrupted for years. I mean, if you've been somebody in advertising, media, entertainment, and journalism, you have 20 years of experience in disruption. So it kind of uniquely prepares anyone, Gen X or millennial, or whatever to be thriving during this time. And, and yes, the job titles are gonna be something different and maybe the roles will be something different or maybe they'll happen in a different place, but the skills and the resiliency and the ability to adapt and create, you know, something out of, you know, a roll of duct tape and three paper clips is an amazing skill. <laughs> so that's really one of the things I like to work with uh, people on is recognizing there is a place for you. It doesn't look like you thought it was going to, but doesn't mean it's not valuable. Doesn't mean you can't be really successful. Doesn't mean you can't make a lot of money. So, I mean, with the challenges that people have been facing during the pandemic, um, tell, tell me a little bit more about that. Um, how have they been coping with the challenges of remote work and how, how, do, how are you helping them through that? What is the what are some of the methodologies and approaches that help help those individuals? Yeah, I mean, it, simply organized, you know, what, what all human beings want, no matter what's going on, is we want predictability, we want relationships, and we want rewards. Those, those are the three things. Everything we do is really set on getting all of those things in balance. And so what, what's been um, imp really important for people in this particular time is to recognize likely your routines are obliterated, <laughs> likely, you know, the structure and the, you know, the, the, the fact that you were going to do this roughly every time, or you were going to be in these sort of meetings, all of that's been kind of destroyed or twisted. And so for uh, people that are really struggling, especially the people who've been living alone um, or people that have been dealing with uh, homeschooling their kids at the same time that they're having a full-time job, which I understand I've been in that, that boat too, 
it's, you know, the importance of rewriting and creating new routines that hopefully you don't have to keep forever. You know, nobody wants to do some of this forever. But the fact is we need to have that kind of structure. Human beings crave that. And so when we uh, lean into that and embrace, uh, we've got to lead ourselves through this in a powerful way. Uh, otherwise, we are going to continue to feel really terrible. And there's you know, certainly been lots of uh, social isolation and related depression and all the things that you've read about. Uh, which, you know, those are trickling into, you know, every Zoom meeting, uh, every, every conversation, there's a lot of people who wonder, does anyone even know I'm here anymore, <laughs> you know, so attending to those uh, feelings and being an observer of what's going on in the, you know, one's own heart and mind is, at, is, the, is the beginning of sort of mapping it out. You know, I, I know that you mentioned to me before we started, Stacey, that, uh, you, you drew a line between, you know, that many companies might have offered tools like, you know, maybe a meditation course or something online, but uh, that wasn't enough. So tell me more of like what you, what, what, what is, what do you think that companies need to be adding on to those types of uh, basic things they're doing? Yeah, no, for sure. This is the time to audit from top to bottom. How are you supporting your team and to recognize that as a, as a corporation, you're probably gonna navigate in areas that you wouldn't have felt were your responsibility before. But if you opt out of providing additional support for people to process and design new routines or, or whatever it is that you might've thought, hey, they gotta work this out on their own. If you opt out of that, uh, you're really relying on people to pick up that task on their own. And we're just not seeing that. So you know, we're going to need everything from the meditation and, and special additional programming, certainly um, supporting leaders with opportunities to access, you know, a coach or some kind of impartial, uh, you know, support structure is going to be critical. I think the one of the big, you know, worries that people have, no matter whether you're living alone or living with a bunch of kids homeschooling is, you know, I, I think I'm failing or I'm worried I'm failing. And I, I don't really know how to get out of this and am I failing? So there's a lot of questions right now around failure and that's difficult for the company directly to be in the middle of the conversation because it requires a lot of vulnerability and a lot of people are just unwilling to go there. So I've seen, um, you know, I've seen a huge uptick in, in my business just in terms of individuals trying to work this out on their own as well as companies going, hey, we need a plan, we need a more comprehensive uh, support structure for our team. And we can see if we don't do it, we're going to continue to have, uh, you know, things, you know, working less smoothly than before, because for sure, whatever problems you had before the pandemic, basically just had gasoline thrown on them during the pandemic. So if you had issues with you know, difficult leaders or people not following or communicating very well, it's probably only gotten worse as a result of the pandemic. That's really interesting. And I, I'm, I'm listening to it. And I, I do think, you know, one of the things that you mentioned before is that the younger generation seem to be much more open to this, right? You know, millennials and Gen Y, they seem to almost embrace the coaching. And, um, you know, maybe it's because, I, I don't know, actually, I mean, but it's true that they are very much more supportive of that idea, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think you're absolutely right. I think we can probably learn a lot from, 
from from those 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 groups um, going forward. And I would say that that's changing the way that coaching is even perceived inside of an organization. One of the things that you hit on right up front was that that process that used to happen in the agency world where like if an executive was given a coach, it was pretty much it was pretty much the end of the road for that executive. Yeah. Right. It was uh, kind of that moment where you were going to be coached out of the business, essentially. And yeah. and I and, and I think that, you know, people seem to be so much more comfortable talking about this now. Right. I mean, uh, that, that's an amazing change, but it's also quite a healthy change. Um, do you see that kind of continuing forward or how, how is that evolving? How is this kind of dialogue evolving? Yeah, I think there's some industries that are that are a little further ahead in it and some that are still lagging behind. Like in entertainment, I still think there's a huge stigma around saying, hey, I need help. And, you know, that's where I get the calls from like, you know, I'll say, hey, you know, this is something your company could sponsor. Oh, no, no, no. I don't want anyone to know, which I think is just legacy thinking. It's probably a little Gen X holdover too, because Gen Xers in general, you know, did everything alone, worked very independently. And, and look, if you're thriving and in um, doing well professionally at this point, you've obviously been doing a lot right. And so the idea of like needing a support team or support structure it's just a foreign experience, but the, um, you know, the, those companies that recognize that they, they just really don't have the relationships. They're not, they're not in place like they were because of the level of movement, you know, they, they will lean into, to coaching support, but it, it, it's also something that, you know, I think people have to raise their hand and say, look, I'm brave enough to say, uh, I don't know everything. I do need help. And I do think there are there are coaches who have been you know, carrying that flag for a very long time. One of my mentors, Marshall Goldsmith says right off the bat, you know, I have coached, uh, you know, 50 of the fortune 100 CEOs in my lifetime and I need help. <laughs> and I, I like to remind people as I'm having that conversation, it does take incredible courage to say, Hey, I'm going to ask for feedback and I'm going to be uncomfortable about it. And I'm trusting you, uh, as my colleagues to um, to to support me through this journey, which I will be, you know, which requires that I be vulnerable, and that's that's really new for lots of industries. Well, I mean, I think that's a nice kind of bridge into the the next area that I'd love to explore, which is, you know, in your own life uh, over the last, let's say, year, almost eighteen months now, where we've been living through this COVID thing. Um, you know what? What is what has kept you sane, and and where are you finding joy? And and, yeah. and and so that's a great question. So I have joined the uh, cult of Peloton. <laughs> I was hugely resistant. I had my gym for a long time, uh, but I, honestly, I had to rebuild all my routines and so forth too. And and you know, I've and I've had a variety of things. Yes, the Peloton. I, I'm a big fan of Cody. I like Dennis. If you want to meet me there. <laughs> But uh, I also have had some small things that have just been really buoyed me uh, through this time. Uh, I have several coaches that I'm connected with on a, on a text stream. And of course, as a coach, I have a responsibility to try not to say things which are off color, you know, in public and to 
say the right things. That's my part of my job. So this little text community is great because we say the worst things <laughs> to each other about what we see out there in the, you know, in our space. And we're sharing memes and we're sharing little funny incidents that have happened. And it's, it's, uh, it's like my little water cooler. And I didn't have that before the pandemic with that group of people. And I actually hope it'll, it'll, it'll stay long after the, the pandemic has been there. But I can I, only imagine what yeah, gets said about, <laughs> about everything that you guys yeah. are seeing. But uh, you're absolutely right. I think probably the Peloton has become the, the, the go-to company. What, what, an amazing, what an amazing situation they find themselves in. Yeah. Well, they're basically a media company now, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, you know, uh, last week, or I guess you, last week yesterday, we saw the news that, um, you know, New York is opening up on the 19th, I guess. And mm -hmm. that's really exciting. And it really starts to beg that question, which is, is it now? Are we going back now? And what does that mean? And um, how does the future look like? Uh, that, and and, and what, are the, what are the things that you think are, people are going to be challenged with uh, over the next 18 months? Yeah, I think obviously getting people back to some face-to-face -face in person, something, something is, is going to be a journey. And I think every company will probably tackle it in their own way. But I am hearing really interesting things about companies that are thinking about being a digital first organization and not, not even creating an impression that they have a headquarters anymore so that they can pick up talent anywhere. That's super exciting. You know, for, for you know, big- You know, you uh, know on, that, on that particular point, because I think it's a great thing. I, I, you know, we're, we're working along those lines ourselves. And um, but what I'm realizing is with, um, with greater flexibility comes great responsibility. 100%. Right? Yeah. And I think that that will be the interesting thing, which is I think we've all craved that flexibility, that freedom. But at the same time, you lose some, some of the structures there, right? Yeah. I think yeah. you were referring to that earlier. Um, you know, the kind of the mentorships that appear in offices disappear in that, in that situation. It'll be interesting to see how we can replace that. Yes. Well, I think we'll end up in some cases where majority of the company experience will be maybe remote and then several times a year we'll have a much bigger or more frequent gatherings at hopefully fantastic resorts that we want to go to uh, with guest speakers <laughs> and coaches. But, uh, you know, I think everybody's going to, they're going to. Oh, yeah, Stacey Staterman <laughs> on stage in, <laughs> Available. The, in, in the Aruba, in the Aruba event. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, you know, look, I, I had a Zoom call the other night with three of my former colleagues at American Express, and I'll never um, regret the time that I spent in those little spaces and going to all those meetings. And, and, and we were reminiscing and, and having some, some great reflections on how wonderful that was. But, you know, we now have this sense that it is possible. And, and by the way, so many industries, especially the ones that I work in, really thought it was impossible to do business at, and get good results remotely. And now, of course, that's been proven uh, to be, in some cases, the opposite. So I, I think it's going to be, you know, a mix of things. And, and I also think we have this big journey, which is to get people feeling that it's okay to go in person or go to a salad bar <laughs> or whatever. That is not a small task. I, I, on one hand, I do think 
we're going to have to push people a little bit to try it. Uh, and, and I'm sure companies will try to do that. And I'm already hearing that, you know, people will uh, be like, Hey, I'm in the office and we just ordered a fabulous lunch and you're missing it. I don't know if that's going to do it for everybody. Um, but I think we got to make our own choices, but I am excited that, you know, for, for, for many people who want to do something different or take their experience and, and take it in a new direction, this opens up, you know, the field. I mean, it basically takes geography off the table in many cases. I agree. And, and I, I, I guess it's just coming back to that point, which is I, as, as, as much as we've always talked about those ideas, I'm excited to see how that will play out in terms of people really, really wanting this or not, you know, like it's one thing to say like, Oh, I want to work at home, et cetera. But then suddenly you really have to kind of, it's, it, 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 this new world requires a much, much uh, more robust form of self-responsibility. And, and, and I'm excited. I personally love it, but I, I wonder if, if it's right for everyone, you know, and that, that's going to be, uh, I think, one of the great challenges. Yeah. Stacey, I, I, I've really enjoyed talking to you today. Uh, we've been talking to Stacey Staterman of Stacey Staterman Coaching. Uh, we've been talking about the challenges that uh, marketing and agency and media leaders are facing right now and the opportunities that they um, are going to be able to embrace through taking advantage of coaching and, um, and, and talking about what Stacy and uh, her team are actually doing in that area. Stacy, thank you so much for being on Uncaged today. And I, I look forward to talking again soon. Thank you so much. Cheers. Bye-bye.